if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Hour number two underway now, nine minutes past o'clock. Good morning. Appreciate you being with us. It is a Monday, the 14th morning of the 12th month of the year of our Lord, or in the year of our Lord, 2020. And we are wide open for phone calls this hour. I do have a few things that I need to say, even if we are guest-free the rest of the way. The first of which is just to respond to the news you just heard in the newscast about the Indians and the changing of their name. I never stop wearing Chief Wahoo stuff uh, after they got rid of Chief Wahoo, and I will not stop calling the Cleveland Indians the Cleveland Indians, no matter what they call them. But I will point out the complete absurdity, the insanity of changing the name of a baseball franchise that has been in existence under that name since 105 years, for the last 105 years. All because George Floyd overdosed on fentanyl in Minneapolis, Minnesota. You do understand that, right? George Floyd, who did die while being under the knee of a Minneapolis police officer, and did indeed look terrible, was screaming about how he couldn't breathe when he was still in the back of the police car. It wasn't because of the knee of the officer. It was because he was ODing on fentanyl. Did the officer do enough to try to help him? No. Is that a terrible thing? Yes. Should he have died that way rather than trying to be revived or something? Yeah. Uh, No, he should not have. But the bottom line is, That incident is the reason the Cleveland Indians have to change their name. You find me a corollary there. Tell me how that can be. Tell me the the causation, how that incident leads to this. And we know how. Because leftist America, different than liberal America, leftist America and Black Lives Matter and Democrat politicians decided that that was racist. The police officer in, in, in question here, his name is Chavitz. It's been a little bit now. I think it's Darren Chavitz or Chovitz Chavitz, I guess. 
has no history in his jacket of racial complaints, has no history on his social media of racist statements, yet it was decided that he only uh, was, was callously indifferent to the pleas of George Floyd beneath him because he's a racist. It's a white guy. It's a black victim. Therefore, racism must be at play. Right? And since racism was happening there, we have to change everything that is perceived to be racist everywhere. Suddenly, the Washington Redskins, which had steadfastly refused to change the name Redskins and their logo for decades of complaints, are gone. And replacing them is the Washington football team. They haven't even found a new nickname yet. Suddenly, Aunt Jemima Syrup can't be anymore. Because Aunt Jemima is a black woman. The, the, the face on the bottle is that of a black woman. And, and it's, it's mean and it's rude to use her for syrup. Which, by the way, is brown in color. Clearly racist. Mrs. Butterworth is on deck. Uncle Ben can't sell his rice anymore. And now, the Cleveland Indians can't be the Indians anymore. Never mind the fact that our friend Peter Kersenow reminded me of this. I had Peter on this morning on Hugh Hewitt's show. He'll be on with us tomorrow, so perhaps we can cross this ground then, too. But... uh, Peter texted me after he finished his interview with me on Hugh Hewitt when I was talking about the Indians, and he said, we had a hearing at the commission, the Civil Rights Commission, down in D.C. a few years ago, he said, in which we had Native Americans and Native American activists, meaning supporters of Native Americans, testify about this issue. He said the average Native Americans overwhelmingly reject the elimination of Redskins, Indians, etc. And the polls were not close. Something to the effect of 90 to 95% of them had no problem with the name of Redskins or Indians. Then, as Pete pointed out, what I did, George Floyd dies of a fentanyl overdose in the presence of police officers, so we have to have billions in property damage, scores of people killed, and PC nuttiness throughout this country. He is spot on correct. That's the bottom line here. It's not even close. But here's the thing. If 5% of Native Americans say, I don't like the name Indians, I find it to be racist, the other 95%, Their opinions don't count. That's the backwards evolution. I guess we'd call it the de-evolution that our society has put in place. Rather than evolutionary thought, it's de-evolution. It's going backwards. That's exactly what it is. Now, rather than 99% of Americans establishing normative rules about men and women, about men having private spaces for men only, women having private spaces for women only, 99% of us, 99% of us believe men should have men's sports, women should have women's sports, but the 99% of our opinions don't count. Because 1% 
might be trans. Meaning psychologically delusional people who look at their physiology, who look at their uh, genetics, who look at their uh, anatomy, their biology, and their mind can't reconcile with that. Clearly their body is right, but their mind can't get it. So they have a psychological problem, and that less than 1% of the population is changing the norms that 99% of the population have approved of for decades, for centuries. If the tiniest minority of people say, I'm offended by that, whatever it may be, sex, religion, race, creed, doesn't matter, whatever it may if somebody says, I'm offended by that, even if 99.99% of the population does that, thinks that, says that, believes that, they can no longer do so publicly, the rules must change so that nobody is ever offended. The minority has been given too much power in this country. And when I say the minority, do not misunderstand me. I am not saying minorities per se, because I can already hear that. Radio host says minorities' opinions don't matter. No, 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 no. The opinion of the minority in number in this country of whatever it is, religion, race, creed, employment, whatever the situation might be, the minority rules the majority. It's just backwards. All norms and established customs and understandings of human like I said, biology, physiology, anatomy, etc. All of those things, chromosomal uh, science, all of those norms, all of those accepted realities are turned upside down because a couple of people say I'm offended by that because I don't believe I am what I really am. Because a bunch of guys want to go race a bunch of girls in a track meet and steal their gold medals and their, and their scholarships from them. Because guys want to do that, suddenly we all have to go along with it. Now, I'll be referring to the Cleveland Indians if I refer to them at all as the Cleveland Indians and nothing more. 1018, your phone calls right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. I'm going slightly mad. I'm going slightly mad. Okay, 1023, we'll continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Your phone calls now. Oh, by the way, I played this on the Hewitt Show. I want to play it again for you. Did you hear or see the ovation that President Trump got from the Army-Navy crowd? Now, this is a fraction, as you know, all stadiums are, a fraction of the stadium being filled by cadets and midshipmen. But listen, they sound like a full-packed stadium of roaring Trump supporters when the president came onto the field. Wait until he waves at them. You'll be able to tell when he does with the lift. Yeah, that would be it.
was an extraordinary ovation for the President of the United States by the Army, Navy, uh, cadets, and midshipmen. And do you know what CBS did? They cut, cut away from it. They cut away from it because it's what they do. It's what all of these networks do, even in sporting events. The President of the United States. Now, I said this again, so I apologize for the redundancy. <clears throat> if you heard the Hewitt show this morning. But I said on Hugh, look, maybe your arguments go, ah, that's, those, are, those are military members. Those are our cadets and our midshipmen in the academies. Um, they would have done that for anybody who's the commander-in-chief. Maybe. Maybe. I would have to go back and look to see if there was any archival footage of Barack Obama showing up at Army-Navy games to see what kind of an ovation he got. I would have to go back to see if Bill Clinton... Got that kind of ovation, but I, I tend to think that what you heard there was a genuine show of respect and, and fondness for the president, Donald J. Trump. Barack Obama decimated the military. Bill Clinton decimated the military before him. It took Republican presidents after them to rebuild it. George Bush rebuilt it after Clinton. Obama tore it apart again. Trump rebuilt it after Obama. And I promise you, Joe Biden is going to do everything he can to tear it apart again. But that was an active, and I believe an honest, sincere show of respect for President Trump by our military. Roz in Cleveland, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Roz, go ahead. Hello. Um, I don't know if this is possible, but can you imagine the look on Miss um, Abrams' face at the main counting facility if the uh, representative from the Republican Party watching over it was Jim Jordan? <laughs> um, I don't think she'd care, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't. I don't think she has any respect nor fear of anybody, because guess what? If you, let me put it to you this way, Ross. If you're Stacey Abrams or any other of the agents of theft of the election of uh, the presidential election in Georgia and in Michigan and other places where they were engaged in all these shenanigans right now today the electoral college is about to prove that you were right to do what you did it worked it worked he's going to be voted as president by the electoral college today and if you're if you're Stacey Abrams and anybody else are you thinking man I'm worried no you're thinking I did it it worked what does she have to be afraid of if it worked once it'll work again and I'm, I know I'm being cynical here uh, honestly Roz but seriously if I'm Stacey Abrams I don't care if Jim Jordan wants to watch go ahead and watch because you can't stop us we have already proven that well I that would be would think that um, uh, there should be some they'd at least be sneakier. <laughs> They wouldn't be called. Yeah, maybe, um, yeah, maybe so. That. Maybe, maybe so. Number two, they would have to I'm be part Native yeah. American. I love and the Redskins and the Indians and the Braves because you know what? I've never heard of the Rochester Rapists. You don't <laughs> name teams after people you don't respect. After people you don't respect and you don't like. I think that's very well said. Exactly. That's very well said. Number three, don't come near me with one of those needles. I don't like any vaccinations. That's well, just- and that's, you know what, the, the, the beauty of that, thank you, Roz, for the phone call. Here's the beauty of that scenario. You will have the opportunity to choose because of the extraordinary work of President Trump and his team in shepherding that 
partnership, that public-private partnership through to create this vaccine in record time. It should have taken, you know, two to five years to get something like that done. It should have taken two to five years, honestly. And it was done in eight months because of what President Trump did in eliminating all of the bureaucracy, all of the red tape, uh, putting an incredible amount of funds to it, making sure that the labs were operating 24-7 rather than just eight hours a day. Um, this was an incredible achievement. And I'm glad it's there for you to choose to take or not. Mandatory? Forget about it. But I'm glad that it's there so that you have a choice. Georgianne and Willoughby, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Georgianne, go ahead. Hi, Bob. I am so fired up this morning. Well, for since the election, actually. Um, first mm-hmm. of all, I want to say God bless Jim Jordan. And my congressman, Dave Joyce, you never hear a peep out of him as far as this is concerned. Why, where's the fire in his belly? And our senator, Rob Portman, you never hear anything from him. I called Dave Yost's office last week five times. I could not get through at all because I wanted to encourage them to take part in this lawsuit uh, with the Supreme Court with Texas because 1,700 uh-huh. other states did, but our state, Ohio, did not, and it's embarrassing. And also, um, I would like to encourage everybody to read the side effects of this vaccine, and I hope they don't make it mandatory to receive. Uh, and I concur with you about the Indians. I'm so disappointed that they have bowed to the pressure. Thank you. Yeah, so am I. And, and thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it, George. And listen, I, I'll say this about the vaccine. Um, I am glad it's there. I am. I would be lying if I didn't say I was glad it's there for people to choose. And if they choose to roll the dice... And if 100 people, 100 million people rather, choose it by the end of February, which is what Alex Azar for Health and Human Services says, um, and that leads to, along with those who have already gotten it with their natural immune systems, uh, creating the antibodies, if it creates herd immunity, I'm very happy about that. I am, because it'll speed up a return to normal. But I do not want anyone being forced under mandatory rules, and they're under mandates, basically to take that vaccine, especially if we don't know what the side effects are. I'm just glad that the president and his team, along with the private companies that have worked with them, including Moderna and and Pfizer, have made this possible so that the choices can be made. And again, if 100 million people choose it by the end of February and it leads to herd immunity and back to return to normalcy, thank goodness for that, and I pray that they will not be side effects that they end up regretting. After the news. Now heard through downtown, through Greater Cleveland on 102.5 FM. 10.36, continuing 24 minutes of outstanding awesome left in the broadcast, including your phone calls. I gave you a little bit of the president uh, and his ovation that he got uh, from the Army-Navy game, which was really kind of cool. I just want to stay on the... uh, on the college football theme for one second. No, it's not about Ohio State playing in the Big Ten championship game next week against Northwestern. What it is about is Ball State University playing in the MAC championship game this coming Friday against Buffalo. If you're wondering why I'm featuring Ball State instead of Ohio State... 
It's not because I'm a Ball State alum, because I am not. Giving you the Ball State fight song because my son will be a Ball State alum one day. As he will be signing his national letter of intent on Wednesday to play football for Ball State University, the team that just beat Western Michigan on Saturday for their fifth consecutive win and the Mac West Championship. Ball State now takes on Buffalo for the Mac Championship. In Detroit on Friday. And I could not be more excited for them. What a great time for him to be joining the Ball State program. They are quickly and easily, they are on the rise of just a few short years ago before the hiring of head coach Mike New. They were in pretty bad shape. Now they have won the Mac West Championship, and they are on their way to bigger and better things, and he's going to be a part of it for the next four years. He signs his letter on Wednesday, so proud pops here. And I'm going to be pumping Ball State music at you <laughs> every single time there's an opportunity. Okay, uh, let's go to Steve, who is in Collinwood on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for waiting, Steve. Go right ahead. Yeah, uh, the virus is still going to be around after this uh, the uh, vaccine comes out. That's what they say. Because, well, because a certain percentage are not going to take it. And a certain percentage of it is has no efficiency. So, and as long as the virus is around, that'll be the excuse for uh, uh, you know continuing this unconstitutional form of government that's uh, being perpetrated in different states. Well, and you're that, right. You're 100 percent right. News. Uh, or excuse, yeah, it, uh, I'm sorry. Who was it? It was. Um, I think it was the. Deputy um, Surgeon General, I believe, but I can't remember who, who said, by the way, face masks and distancing are still going to need to be used and practiced even after you have been vaccinated. Uh, now, why? I don't know, because if the vaccinated person truly is now immune, if they, they can't transmit a virus that they cannot receive, and they tell us that face masks are not to protect you, but to protect other people from you. So why people who have been vaccinated or who have already been um, uh, exposed to the virus and had it and are building the antibodies now, why they would have to wear, wear masks, I don't know. Well, because by maintaining the, the, the emergency, you said that uh, you know people have a choice of taking the vaccine if they do or want. That's that's at this point, but they may get, you know everything's been politicized so that you maybe can't get on a plane unless you you you've been vaccinated at some point, or you can't be, you know get a job certain place they want what? you know people vaccinated, and so and so the vaccination certificate will be you know. It'll carry the same strength as your your you know driver's license or your personal ID, and 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 well, they'll be you're, able. You're 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 100 right about that. And here's the thing that I say to people, Steve, who ask me about that. Um, I'll see you in court. Uh, that's what's going to come down to here. If they try, and I'm talking about businesses and services, to deny people the opportunity to use their businesses or shop at their businesses or use their services, like airplanes, for example, if they try to deny them based on a health matter that has nothing to do with them, that's trying to deny people the opportunity to freely engage in commerce. I believe it would be unconstitutional, and I believe it would it would be in a court law in about two seconds. Uh, but in the, in the private sector, class action lawsuit on behalf of everybody who does not want to take the vaccine. In the private sector, you have to look at what they're facing too, because they'll be facing hostile elements 
that that uh, you know are able to to uh, determine some of the functions of the business, whether it be through licensing or through permitting, and and, and so they'll be facing you know in certain places where it's blue. You know, I I, I think they'll come after sure. guns first. Be honest with you, and they'll do it in the blue states where they have enough people yeah. that that you know they'll tell people it's for it, they already voted in the guy so. They went blue, so they'll tell people, you know, it's it's for the better of good that you turn in your weapons, and uh, they, and they will. Right. Well, that that's the that's the concern that that a lot of people. And thank you, my friend, for the call. Good stuff, Steve. He, here's you mentioned they're going to say turn in your gun for the betterment of public health. It's a public health emergency. Look at the number of people who are being shot, et cetera, et cetera. My fear and concern is they're going to use this trust, this uh, uh, trial um, um, of the COVID nineteen orders, masks, lockdowns, businesses closed, et cetera, et cetera, um, in the interest of public health, to eventually claim that almost everything we do is a danger to public health, and thus we must be willing to surrender our ability, our liberties to do some of these things. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't think it's conspiratorial. I think we have evidence upon which to base this kind of a belief. They are telling us that we, mankind, are killing the planet. Right? That's what they're telling us. We are destroying the planet, and that is obviously going to work very detrimentally against the health of, uh, of, of human beings. As such, we are going to have to limit the number of miles we drive to X amount per day, per week, per month, per year. We are going to have to limit our uh, flights that we may take. We are going to have to limit, quite frankly, the amount of time we spend in public using resources that produce carbon, that lead to carbon emissions, that lead to the ongoing warming of our planet. And in the interest of public health, people are going to say, yeah, well, I understand that. I wore a mask for two years. I can continue to deny myself of certain things that are in the better interest of the public. This is a very, very slippery slope. And once you start sliding, you can not stop it. You can't. I'm very concerned about that. Meanwhile, on the issue of the masks, I'm reminded again of what the Surgeon General of the United States said on March 31st. There was a study in 2015 looking at medical students, and medical students wearing surgical masks touch their faces on average 23 times. And we know a major way that you can get respiratory diseases like coronavirus is by touching a surface and then touching your face. In other words, masks make catching the virus more likely. Rather than masks trying to, or uh, being effective in preventing the virus, masks make the virus more likely to be transmitted because you're constantly touching them, push pushing them up and down on your nose. Uh, you saw Joe Biden on national television wearing a mask, giving a speech, and then taking the mask off to cough, to cough, to take whatever vi- germs, viral loads, or anything else he may have had, and <coughs> then put his mask back on because he didn't want to cough into a mask. And who would? Everybody does that. That's why the mask issue is so ridiculous, patently ridiculous. And it's why at least one hospital, we had this story before before on our newscast, at least one hospital has declared 
You can't wear those cloth masks into the hospital anymore. They don't do any good. If you're coming in the hospital, you have to have a surgical mask or like an N95 mask. Your bandana, your gaiter, your cloth mask you bought at the at the discount store, it's useless. Why bother wearing Patients it? and visitors at Western Reserve Hospital in Cuyahoga Falls will need to take heed of a new policy. Beginning today, the use of cloth masks and gaiters are prohibited. Patients and visitors must wear isolation or surgical masks at the hospital and at off-site clinical locations. Western Reserve says that it will make masks available at facility entrances. In a statement, the health care provider says that cloth masks and alternative face coverings may be fine for use in the general public, but in the health care setting a well-fitted clean mask is in keeping with proper covid protocols because the uh the virus you know takes on a different form in the general public than it does in the hospital the virus is much much stronger in the hospital than it is in regular public places so in the hospital you have to wear the n95 or surgical masks but out there in the general population where it's a lot weaker, you can just get by with your bandana and everybody's happy. Hey, look at that. You're wearing a mask. Good for you. Not on your life. I said it before and I'll say it again. You're going to have to bring a hot glue gun or a stapler with you and somebody big enough to hold me down for you to attach that thing to my face. I put it on in such a tiny number of cases where I have no choice to watch my son's football games and you can't get in the stadium without it, I will submit. Basketball, first game tomorrow night, I will submit. But I'll tell you what, like I said, you're going to have to find somebody awfully big to hold me down and a pretty good uh, industrial stapler, maybe a roofing, uh, roofing uh, nail gun to put that thing on my face. It's the only way it's staying on. Bob in Medina, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Bob, go ahead. Yeah, hey, Bob. Uh, real quick here. Um, the definition of cowards who submit to PC or, you know, pro sports owners, business owners, and right. the Supreme Court, I hate to say. As far as the Supreme Court, you know, they're, um, you know, my reaction to their decisions and all that is when the law breaks the law, there is no law. And in regards to the Cleveland Indians, if I was the owner of the Indians and I was, uh, they were giving me a lot of pressure on changing the name, I'd come out there and I'd have all my players wear turbans and, you know, uh, from <laughs> India, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, because, you know, let's face it, that's what Chris Columbus set out to find was India, you know, and the riches that's thereof, right. you know, and, uh, hey, there so happened to be, uh, you know, Native Americans there, you know, so, you know, hence India. So, you know, that would be my payback to them. And then the very last thing, uh, I uh, do my Google, you know, I have Google, and uh, I check my bank statement every single day. I have Huntington, okay? And so then, you know, when you type in the first few letters, you know, Huntington comes out, wham, bam, thank you, Sam. Well, just last week, when I typed in H-U-N, guess what came out on part of that search? Hunter Biden. It finally came out. And uh, that's all I got to say. You know, your reaction, please. I've got, thank you for the call, my friend. I appreciate it. I've got so much to say about Hunter Biden, but even more to say about the media only now choosing to cover Hunter Biden. Now that the election is over, over a month ago, the same information that was available 
then is available today. They ignored it. They buried it. They literally blocked people from sharing it. Now suddenly it's, yeah, let's talk about Hunter Biden. Let's report that Hunter Biden literally sent a memo asking for an extra set of keys to an office to be made available for the big guy, Joe Biden, Uncle Jim Biden, and an emissary for a Chinese chairman, Yi Jinping, by the name of Gong Wan Dong, um, who was a partner, a chairman in the CEFC Chinese Energy Company. Everything that Tony Bobolinsky talked about is starting to come out. They could have found it before the election. They didn't want to because it would have cost Joe Biden the election. And it would have led to four more years of orange man bad. But now, they don't mind throwing Joe Biden under the bus because if they get rid of him, the duly elected, in their mind, Vice President Kamala, most liberal senator in the United States Senate, even more than Socialist Bernie, would take over. Don't get me started on Hunter Biden. I have plenty of of stuff to talk about uh, on him the rest of this week, I promise you. Let me get one more in before the break. B.J. North Olmstead, go ahead, B.J. Thank you, Bob. On C-SPAN Saturday, I guess around the hours of 9 o'clock to 9.30, Bill Crystal and two attorneys, Bill Crystal and Dion, were on and going against Trump and the campaign and everything else, and I got to be on the air there. And I challenged Bill Crystal from the Supreme Court to the uh, Attorney General all the way down the legal system, not all but a good number of these attorneys have done more damage to America than anybody else with these laws that have been perpetrated around the American public. And after I made a few of my negative comments about their profession, he got on and said, if it weren't for the attorneys, this wouldn't have been as legal a voting procedure. It was the most legal, more people coming out. And I thought that if these intellectual attorneys can be that blind to the truth, then they have no morality, and I'm convinced of that. There is no morality when it comes to the opposition attorneys that are against Donald Trump and against us. And I I made this point before. They have perpetrated more laws, and that's what Donald Trump relieved a lot of people from, both in the construction, in manufacturing in general, so the American public could survive. It's shameful what they have done to this country, and I thank you for your time, and I agree with you about the mask. I am a warrior with you. They'll have to hold us both down. Thanks for your time, and have a thank great you, week. Thank you, BJ. Thank you, BJ. Great points all the way around. God bless. 10.52, we'll get a quick time out and come back with a few more phone calls to wrap it up next. Okay, 10.55, let's get a few more in before we are done on this Monday edition. Kevin is in Medina. Hey, Kevin, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hi, Bob. Can you hear me? Yeah, you sound like you're in a tunnel, but I got you. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm on on my speaker. Anyway, real quick, the first thing I'd like to say is I was at McFan this weekend and heard Peter Kirstenauer, and to see him in person is... uh, is inspiring and it was amazing and uh i hope to hear more from him what i really wanted to talk about though was i'm a liberal when it comes to words and the racism and racist i looked up the definition and i and i several times i have but it's based on a feeling that one party one person is 
more superior than another based on hereditary or gen genetics. And that is the problem. I, my belief, I believe that we're falling for feelings instead of facts, and, and the facts can be disagreed with, but it doesn't mean that a person is more superior than another just because they disagree. And that's just what I want to throw out there. But I think that's what's really driving a lot of our fear. Another person there earlier talked about courage. That's my, that's my watchword now, um, because I'm going to have the courage to speak what I, what I believe, and no one can tell me what my feelings are. You cannot read one. You can't read my feelings or anybody else's. I can't read yours. We can only have a discourse. That's really what I want to say. And beyond that, I want to say I will be the first to vote for Tim George for president, just to let you know. And then I'll let you go. Thanks a lot. It's a great well, day. Well, I would be. I would be. Uh, I might be in front of the line there. Uh, you might be the second. <laughs> I don't know that he would run though. <clears throat> Jim Jordan is a phenomenal conservative, but sadly, the Republican Party isn't made up of phenomenal conservatives. The Republican Party is made up, oftentimes, and generally speaking, of rhinos. There are far more rhinos than there are Jim Jordan types. And the rhinos prefer what? Other rhinos. That's why Kevin McCarthy, and again, he's done some good things. Don't get me wrong. I don't mean to be insulting in any way, but you know, he's not as conservative as Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan made a run for speaker, never had a shot. Never had a shot, because rhinos prefer establishment you know, Republicans, not not conservatives, bottom line. And that's why I don't know that that's necessarily something that's in his future. But I appreciate the call. Good stuff. Let's go to uh, Kim in uh, Collinwood. Second call from Collinwood today. Hi, Kim. Go ahead. Hi. How are you? Listen, Good, thank about, you. What about, what about Louis Stock Alexis? He was the real Cleveland Indian. Uh, yes, sir. They say they say they never they didn't name the team for him, but I think he had his being there and his personality had something to do with it. And also, what about the Erie Indians? You know, the, the lost tribe, uh, they vanished, and white people didn't eradicate them. And I, I would assume that is why the Cleveland Indians are the Cleveland Indians, because of the Erie Indians. And the, the, mystic, well, the mysterious, uh, you know, nobody's really come up with a theory, a valid theory of what happened to them. Yeah, you know, uh, and thank you for the phone call. I won't uh, posit a, a uh, an opinion on what, what happened to the Erie Indians, but I will say this. Your point about Louis Sock Alexis is very well taken, as is just the fact that, as a previous caller said, you don't name your team after someone that you don't like or something that you are not a fan of. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish don't hate Irish people. They love them. And the bottom line is that's the way this works. Nobody chooses things you don't respect. And the Cleveland Indians had respect, the organization and the fans, for the Native American community. That, that's why it should have been retained. Thanks to everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.